Hello everyone. Welcome to my show Career Startup Podcast. A podcast to spotlight world-class Asian leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives who can provide insights and wisdom which will inspire and ignite conversations. This is your host Priyanka Komla. Do subscribe to us on Career Startup Podcast on our YouTube channels and your favorite podcast streaming platforms so you can stay tuned on our wonderful episodes and our lineup of guests. And Today I have a very fabulous guest with me, Rama Saripalli, who's joining us from California in the Bay Area. Hi, Rama. Welcome to the show. Hi, Priyanka. Thank you so much for hosting me here. Rama, it's such a pleasure to host you. And Rama is an empathetic, people-centric enthusiast, a challenger, a helper, and a professional who's so focused on customer success. She has several initiatives that are focused on women in technology. She has a non-profit that helps on diversity and inclusion as well, and she's an amazing speaker. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Rama, as somebody who can guide us through principles of success on delving into customer obsession and customer passion. Thank you so much, Priyanka, for a nice introduction. <laughs> I hope I I can actually do justice to all the listeners who are looking whom you are engaging to listen to their advices or whatever I can share based on my experiences uh, it has been almost uh, 25 years in the industry so it definitely is a long experience that's awesome so to our listeners there are three key topics that we're going to delve into one is how do you build customer trust and rama has key techniques that she uses based on her personal experiences through music and meditation so we'll talk a little bit more about that and two what's a key skill set that you'll have to build to engage in storytelling because as you deal with executives and your c suite leaders how do you gain their buy in through storytelling is very critical and three something that i really admire about rama is how do you constantly challenge yourself and deal with the unknown And on top of that we'll discuss a little bit more about the women in tech initiatives that she's leading as well and get some insights on what's in store for Rama. Sure. <laughs> so Rama let's let go ahead. I said let's go ahead. That's awesome. Hey, we are on the same page here. So let's start with your childhood. You grew up in Jamshedpur, which is in the northern part of India. You yes. know anybody that has heard about Tata Steel, uh, you know the one of the biggest uh, companies in India. Yeah. Um, so you have some legacy connections towards your grandparents working there and then you've moved to hyderabad in the southern part of india for your graduate studies so tell us about you know how do you see both sides of india and a little bit about your nostalgic childhood memories to begin with so that's a nice question because yeah i grew up in a very small township uh, of uh, tata steel uh it brought diverse culture because people from all over india in those days when my grandparents moved uh, jobs and uh, you know not just getting uh, government jobs but getting jobs in the private sector was a big deal because uh, india was going through the freedom struggle and all of that that our grandparents have seen so for them sustaining the family and getting into uh, any job was a big challenge so they moved to jamshedpur with the intent that they will be working and i'm not sure if they had the intent to stay there for their entire life but if you see how our grandparents generation was they believed in staying at one place building that um 
you know they wanted to be uh, very stuck to one place so because they were scared of a change at that time because for them family and everything was security i would say financial security was very important so yeah my both my grand my parents uh, sorry uh, grew uh, were born and raised in jamshedpur as well so for a long time i, I and i visited andhra uh, uh, andhra pradesh where my grandparents came from for the first time after my 10th uh, board exams so for us when we were growing up 10th was a board and then 11th and 12th was like uh, inter college and then we go into the undergrad studies so we um, i never visited andhra before that so i i know that when we were growing up because of your last name people would distinguish uh, have that distinction that you are south indian you know but i grew up with the uh, thing that i am south indian but i always considered my to be myself to be more bihari than uh, south indian um, and we we spoke uh, hindi more fluently than telugu which is our native language so when i went to uh, andhra for the first time after 10th i realized my accent is uh, very different like how uh, if kids are born in america and they go to india they feel a little out of place so i had all those anxieties my uh, telugu was always made fun of my accent and all of that but it was nice to see and meet my grandparents cousins their siblings and build that connection so it was very nice to know that and by the time i went uh, for my undergrad in hyderabad both my uncles lived in hyderabad by then so it was a little more of a family around so it was a little easy of the transition so even though when we grew up in jamshedpur our upbringing was very much because of our grandparents very much rooted to our south indian culture as well so we had best of both the worlds i'd say I'm glad you instilled a lot of values from your upbringing as part of your grandparents. Now tell me this Rama, did your obsession with customer success start because of your childhood experiences living in a diverse community with different cultures and different kinds of people surrounding you? Um I would say definitely because of Tata Steel because I remember as a child my uh, my dad was very creative and uh, any uh, slogan contest that would happen and all of that my dad will bring it back home and say hey what do you think about it and i remember uh, the first um, customer quote that we were working on that got accepted and tata still was like i think customer first har hal mein it means customer first always in any situation that kind of somehow i know as a kid we always uh, also make fun of like okay when we say customer in hindi if you break it down it's like customer same so the person who is actually uh, in lot of pain is a customer you know that generally how that uh, translates that to but it kind of stuck in my mind forever that yes customer is always the first person and um i was also very motivated with uh, mahatma gandhi's quote when he says like if you don't have a customer that means their business has your business has no value so who are you building the business for so those were some of the my childhood memories and this customer first haral me that slogan stayed with me forever forever so that's how my motto also kind of developed that yes uh, it's always customers it's very interesting rama when childhood memories create a long lasting impact in how we shape ourselves and i'm so glad you know tata steels was uh, such an impactful uh, part of your childhood upbringing yes absolutely
and if yep. you see in tata steel um uh even now when we are looking at ratan tata's quotes and all of that um i find him a very impactful leader in the community as well and we grew up with you know rusi modi um uh, ratan tata these kind of leaders being in a small town who made an impact on the world economy you know it was not only for jamshedpur and if you read the history of jamshedpur jn tata was jamshed ji nawsarwanji tata on whose name the entire city was named as tata nagar um he was an exceptional leader uh, when we look into the biography and all that so it absolutely stayed with me uh, forever and the tatas are exemplary leaders that the world admires uh, even to today so great mentors to have at such an early stage of your life now tell me this uh, rama you spoke about customer pain points and the the quote uh, that you rightly pointed out in hindi how did you pivot techniques such as music and meditation that are so close to your heart into handling customer pain points and creating them into success stories share a little bit about your success techniques there so uh, music has been my passion uh, i used to learn uh, however now i have taken a small break from my learning experiences but um as i said i had mentors in my life um, at every stage so i was learning music from uh, mahesh kale ji i was like i'm a very novice in that but uh, listening to him like what he's saying it related a lot to me in um every part of you know not only business or professional uh, thing but even in the personal way so he always used to say you know one of the things he says is music is not just what you sing the note it's not even the note but these are the emotions that you are feeling and that is so true i mean if you are not feeling that emotion inside you will not be be able to hit that note or what exactly needs to come out so if you think about from customers perspective if you don't have that emotion what they are feeling or what they are going through so even if you are trying to build a product if your product does not resonate that needs to resolve somebody's problem then you don't have a product that you're going to sell and if you're not selling some and if you don't have something sellable then you're not in the business so um few key things like even when i think about customer success like what is customer success um it's a new terminology evolved over the years also so you know how earlier we used to be like okay there is a very traditional pre sales when you are engaging with customers uh, your prospects in selling uh, pitching your product and then your prospect is convinced that yeah i want to buy now you are selling this product and you sold the product and uh, sales is done at that point then if the customer and then it evolved as professional services so if the customer wants that okay this product is a little bit complicated i won't be able to deploy this so i will buy some extra dollars uh, extra hours for uh, some more money and then your professionals will come and deploy that so now everything is about transaction you are you are talking about money at every single point but you made this product so that somebody can use it right you did not make the product because you are going to keep on making money on top of it so where do you bridge, bridge that gap so yes sales sold that and then there was another gap i felt that was um 
and this was very relevant to working at netapp when we had the professional services and we had uh, sales uh, when i was brought into this key role to see what were the gaps why customers bought such heavy dollars professional services but they thought they never and they used the hours but they never thought they got the value out of the money there is no roi there is no uh, what are we missing in the entire business so when we looked into that the entire gaps of the process we felt that yeah we are not having a consistent thread between our teams and then the customer teams so we are looking into like when you go back to music if there is a, a a note or if there is a tune that you are thinking there are different tunes happening but then you are connecting them connecting all the dots to make that tune now when you go, come back to the professional uh, thing you sold and then you take your your the team is gone the, some somebody new comes so if you are trying to uh, impose new notes into the tune you need to know what was the harmony did i understand do i know the previous notes to build up on the harmony or am i just introducing them something new and then it becomes a completely different uh, tune or it could be out of tune you know what we call in the music world so that's what was happening we were selling we the sales was gone and then professional services came and they delivered what the customer said no 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 i wanted this i don't know what i bought but i wanted this to be delivered now the hours are done and if sales goes and says i need more hours else no i already spent so much so the gap we tried to fix was let me understand what sales sold i need to be in those meetings to understand what is being sold now i am the bridge person to tell professional services hey these are the things some that we sold these are the use cases we are trying to solve and now let's go work on it and keep on communicating also to the customer that yes this and ask them you know and that's when it comes to the key listening skills ask them is this confirm you know don't assume things because then assumption is no. bad that's a great way of looking at things and i love your analogy rama uh, you know think mm-hmm. of things as a as a musical tone right and one of the challenges that we face in the tech industry especially is you create a product and then you make a sale that's the end of it you move to your next client trying to find your next prospect but how do you nurture those relationships on an ongoing basis uh, you know as a customer success leader you know that's very critical and a, a good uh, you know a lesson for yeah. all uh, leaders in the tech space or no matter not just the tech space irrespective of the other domains now you also brought up a critical point about active listening and active listening is uh, you know it's very important when you're gaining customers trust what is one advice you would have for our listeners to build the active listening skill um one advice is that you know we all like to share our um, stories we like to share what we know but when we are sharing or when we are talking a lot we are missing the key points what other point other person wants to tell and this is not something i was evolved as you know and as human beings we are not evolved as active listeners because we are trying to tell our narrative to everybody like i, I want to be heard because i always feel that my god i have heard these things so many times now you listen to what i'm trying to say and even in my friends group i have a very close knit of friends group who keep me honest so like and i have i used to have that habit and i still have sometimes i'm when i start answering i 
don't know when to stop or when to pull myself back and they they tell me very honestly that this was my question did you first understand my question what i have learned my from my friends is rephrase the narrative and ask them is this what you were trying to ask then think like at least try to internalize if the question was relative uh, relevant that and if i have an answer to it not every question that needs to be answered a lot of questions are for us for thought provoking um, uh, points as well um i have very close and very good friends and i am so thankful that i have these kind of friends who keep me honest on a daily basis did you understand my question and i'm like okay so tell me again you know and that is when you build that trust and bond as well when you are trying to listen to them because uh, then they feel yes i was heard yes she understood what i'm trying to ask and yes now i'm trying to understand what she wants to say because when you understand others they would want to understand you as well you know that's the uh, you know critical part of active listening and i really like that you brought it up because we don't take time to pause and reflect we always are in a reactive mode when somebody says something we want to get our word across rather mm-hmm. than thinking for a second do we really even need to share our opinions at this point should we just sleep over that idea or you know take a step back and you know look at the the issue holistically yes and also um i have a great boss and i have great mentors as well um uh, every um, person whom for whom i worked for or my team uh, they i like myself to be kept honest and i want that checkpoint and i want people to be very blunt with me if i'm not understanding something just please be tell me on my face that i am not understanding you and i will step back and try to understand and my husband also helps me a lot in all of that so uh one thing that my boss always uh, emphasizes when people are in the room are talking we all have that habit Uh, unconsciously and subconsciously that we just want to as soon as the question is fired we want to just answer it we don't want others to say first we want us to put our point first so if somebody is talking then you have seen you would have seen or noticed it that people just start talking over others and i was reminded many times that rama let others say it's there let's speak let them let's hear them and that is i think true mark of leadership and that i have learned from a lot of my mentors and bosses that listen to others first i still have to develop a lot of that what i'm telling you but this is something that i'm trying to you know uh, digest in my mind as well that listen to others first yeah and and so learning experience right because all of us have this tendency to just speak on top of each other but uh, you know a true hallmark of leadership is letting others opinions be heard and being comfortable with that yeah. and to our listeners rama has close to 20 years of experience specializing in you know these kinds of cross functional programs leadership and she's worked across wide variety of industries be it with netapp or arm pressure data that she is now working for and her expertise from a technology perspective is with software as a service saas virtualization data analytics data storage embedded and mobile software systems so you work on a lot of cutting edge technologies and uh, you know customer success is crucial in all these different road maps that you chart for your clients so kudos i wanted to make sure um, you know uh, you're aware of the impact that you're creating already thank you so much <laughs> now uh, you constantly challenge yourself and i 
understand that you love doing that, being in the unknown. Tell us a little bit more about how do you deal with that uncertainty on an ongoing basis? One thing, I would say that, um, one thing that comes to my mind is when you look into the four quadrants uh, of any problem-solving skill, there are knowns, there are known knowns, there are known unknowns, there are unknown unknown, and then unknown known, if you look at the four quadrants. The known knowns are easy because you already know and you know how, what is your, um, uh, how you need to work on that. Um, when it is unknown known or known unknown, in those boxes are also, you know, you are fine because you know there is something known at least. If there is some unknown part, there is something known as well. But when it is completely unknown unknown, what I have learned in the last uh, a few years, at least recent years, I'd say as part of my evolving as a in the leadership uh, role, there is no control that you have on the unknowns. Right. So and sometimes you need to try something that you have been avoiding because these are unknown things. It is our human psychology that I don't want to do it, you know, because I have that fear I will fail. And something that I tell to my team members also that it is OK to fail because but be sure that you own that failure because, yeah, fine. I did not know how to react or how to um, take this challenge. And then I tried my best, but give your level best. That is one thing that I would always say. And I always try to do and give my level best to what is happening right now and how I should be taking this particular challenge and what can be the possible solutions. Ask for help. One thing that I have felt even talking to my teenage kids, that we are all shy of asking for help. So we never want to show that I am weak or because I'm perceived in a certain way, I don't want to sh show that I am not that. I want to be up to the mark. I mean, say if you are calling me a leader in the industry, I want to stay up to the mark that yes, I'm a leader. But there is leadership is a vast area. This like, you know, we are all leaders in our own ways. And we are all always constantly learning. Even if you uh, look into Bill Gates, when you read his um, uh, all the stories, or you look into Michelle Obama's book, um, she has always been learning and she's always open. So that is one thing we need to develop is open-mindedness, the open mindset that we should have that, yes, this is a new challenge. I have never dealt with this before, but let me see what could be the possible solutions and how I can overcome this. So sometimes you have to take your own advice. You have to learn that. And also when you are mentoring people or you have team members and they are your best um, bets, uh, best people who teach you more, you know, uh, when you are talking to leaders, yeah, they will tell you something about from their own experiences. But when you are mentoring people, you see that, oh, my God, this challenge I never came across because they are asking me question. What are the possible creative solutions? And then you imply that on yourself. So one thing I'd say is be open, definitely be open, uh, open mindedness. And then key is to ask for help. It doesn't since just because that I'm at a leadership role does not mean that I know all the answers. So I should be able to ask and implement that. That's wonderful advice, Rama. Uh, you know, because asking for help doesn't mean that it's a sign of weakness. It's more about you have an open mindset 
to learn about it and the fear of unknown always kicks in right so you just can't be certain about all the outcomes but doing your level best asking for help and you know seeing how that tune can be set in the right chord uh, you know yeah. so you can best possible outcome you know a, a tune that you want to hear Yes. Uh, is something that we always have to remind ourselves and that's like a, a great analogy that i'm going to remember personally for myself as well yeah see even when we are building the tune it's okay that when you are learning it's okay for for you to let the tune go wrong this is not your final outcome this is not your product so if you are stuck up on the outcome and the product then is where you will have more problems Now let's talk about that part of it. You know one of the key skills said that every leader needs to have is the ability to storytell. You know getting buy in from your C-suite leaders and executives on the pitch that you have and for you it's your clients when you're helping them with your roadmaps and how your product fits into uh, their vision. What are three tips that you would share with our listeners on how do you perfect your art of storytelling? Okay. uh interesting i think everyone is a storyteller if it's just that they need the audience <laughs> so um if you uh if you hear, hear more to the kids around you you know their laughter tells a story when they're crying it tells you a story uh their persuasion skills tells you your story um how to negotiate you know there is one incident that comes to my mind um when my son was very young he was like probably one and a half two years old and he used to it's like you know first kid very cute cuddly and you are like always invested so we used to take him to uh, toys r us and he would always play with the toys and then when we are coming back home he would come back with us so at the same time we had other friends whose kids were turning one and you know or two or whatever their birthdays would come So one time we went and we bought a birthday gift for another kid along with him. This is the first time probably it clicked to his mind that oh this is a store and you can pay some money and you can take it home. Until then probably he always thought that you come here you play with the toys and you go back home. And we always thought that oh my god we have such a cute kid and such an obedient kid who never asks us to buy anything. So we never bought something because he did not ask for it. so then he was very obsessed about power rangers and then uh, he said can i buy this and by then we had bought a quite a few power rangers for him and we thought like you know you already have it he said no no i don't have the green power ranger and we said no as usual you know the parenting thing so when we are at the counter he had this um power ranger like like he was hiding in his back and then he puts the power ranger on the front and he tells uh, to my husband uh, abigyan's dad can i come with you to abigyan's home and we were like what such a cute way to persuade us that i want to buy this toy and my husband of course bought that toy for him oh i sorry i didn't go to the store actually i sent them to get the gift because i had something to do at home so when they came back home and i was very upset with my husband that why did he buy another power ranger for him and said this is what he told me and how could i say no so you need what it only tells you is how you bring that emotion and that is what is the empathy part when people talk about uh, the whole uh, nine yards in the leadership that you have to be you have to have that empathy so when you when you have those um, 
key traits you know active listening when you are you are empathetic you are understanding other situation when you are like you know um, more into focused on how people perceive things how you, what what they want when you know what they want then it becomes more easier for you to deliver on on that that's a great way of looking at things you know the crux of the issue is trying to understand what others want yeah. and see, you know how do we navigate that situation and get the possible outcomes and you know as you mentioned in your son's case such a cute way of persuading at such a young age right rather than saying buy me the sky that will evoke a different kind of emotion in parents yeah but asking from the toy's perspective the toy can come home you know that it works a different kind of an empathetic reaction towards yeah. your kid yeah and i was just uh, reading about some empathy very recently about um, this is a very great story i want to share uh, there's this person she was talking about her husband goes to buy a car uh, but they are they have uh, this um, an autistic kid sales person actually um, and they were buying like a real um, high end car so sales person actually um, did some research on the buyers and he got to know that this person has an autistic kid so he did um like speech therapy and so he basically understood what the problem they have so when they walked into the store the person talked more about their kid and you know the ways and avenues and what are they doing he was more interested in how they are trying to solve their problem and everything towards the end when it was about the car husband said that no 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 that's fine i think and he turned to his wife and said i think we are we are convinced on this car right didn't we decide on this model let's go with it you know so the sales person's job was to sell the car but he sold them the dream that if you are in this car this is more safe for your kid what are the features your kid is going to enjoy it made it more like a complete package why i should buy from the from my kid's perspective where i have where i am more in emotionally vested actually so those are those kind of stories like really uh, inspire me a lot to think more in in these areas that's very true and uh, you know i'm glad to see you're constantly learning to see you know how sales pitch just doesn't have to be a cold call right it's more right. about researching your customer and trying to find ways where your customers your end consumers really feel that emotional connection to buy your product yeah absolutely Now, Now tell me this, Rama. Uh, you have such a wonderful portfolio of work in the technology space, but you're always focused on spearheading initiatives that give back to the community. You have a nonprofit that's focused on women in technology and diversity and inclusion. Tell us about your work with that board. What's your vision that you have? So the on on the nonprofit side, we had the vision that we started with a simple goal that help a cause that helps women. more from uh, and sometimes <laughs> another thing is when we talk more about women um, it sounds very feminist that gosh you guys are women and then you are only helping women you know it's all about a community i agree i completely agree that there, there's no competition to leave uh, you cannot leave men behind you are part of the ecosystem and it has to be mutually ex- uh, inclusive and you cannot leave somebody be- it's not a race where you are trying to leave somebody behind and run ahead of them it is just trying to bring that change you know uh, we are in america and we are very blessed 
to be in such a um, in such an environment where our husbands are uh, men in our family are so supportive they always want you to progress further and further there is no they never feel bad that oh my god you have gone to this level and like the husbands are left behind there was a time my when my husband when my daughter was born um, he um, he was he stayed home for an year because i had a very challenging role and i used to go to city and it was far off so he worked from home for some time he took some time off <coughs> but then give me one second sure go ahead no it's it's very important when you have supportive uh, family and an ecosystem of support <coughs> right <coughs> excuse me you know an ecosystem of women um, and men that help you in your process of giving birth you know during those stages of maternity as well you know those are really ways in which you can support women to get back to their careers and it's interesting when you know i did some research about how covid is actually impacting a lot of women's careers uh, you know because we are forced to be our best both professionally personally with kids homeschooling taking care of our families and that puts a huge burden on women and you know it's it's going to be interesting to see you know how the pandemic is really going to shape us uh once it's over and we are back into our professional careers and how life is going to you know be a race are we left behind or you know how things are going to shape up for the future of women as well agreed completely agree and i wouldn't say that women can do all these things if they don't have their um the support from family um from your own from your husband your spouse your you know parents parents are the backbones always you know so i always think that when we are working on women in technology it is not to uh, leave uh, somebody behind but and this is something that kind of stuck with me uh, and i'm bringing uh, ruth jinsberg in the in the discussion because i'm very sad that we lost her just a couple of days back um, and um, you know uh, she i have watched her movie the biopic that was made on her inspired me to the core she was the first one to go to the law school where there were no men there were uh, there were no women she was the first one and she said uh, one thing uh, i don't remember the exact quote but she said that if you are a lawyer and if you are practicing the law then you are making a good lawyer but if you take that um, just like a plumber but if you take that um, opportunity and if you want to be a true professional you will do something beyond and give it back to the less fortunate people we are fortunate uh, and this is one thing one, one of my boss uh, told me and she had been a great mentor, mentor to me as well for a lot of years and we are all, always in touch um when i had come to this country i was very shy very introvert and i know that people don't believe about that uh, about me because now i am like always chatty and i'm fun loving and i'm like always talking in uh, most of the places she told me that what you see now and this is like almost a decade back what you see now as a women's stance is very changed because for them they also had to fight maternity leave there was no maternity leave defined at some time i cannot imagine my life to be like that but if somebody did not fight earlier i wouldn't have this opportunity either what i am living is because somebody else fought this battle for me generations back 
they never they did not say that if this is not impacting me directly right now i'm not going to fight for it they did not have that vision they had the vision that in years and generations to come women should not face this and when i talk about women in technology very passionately passionately is because i don't want the next generation next to next generation or the generations to come to face what we face like there are very few women in the top leadership this they, they talk about the percentages they talk about very few women of color to be in uh, you know top uh, leadership skills uh, leadership roles they talk about very few women also to be going towards the stem so now that stem thing has taken up and when i used to talk to my own daughter that's okay if she's not interested but don't make it that girls are supposed to play with dolls and guys are supposed to play with cars that is absurd according to me you cannot keep people in boxes you know gender stereotyping uh, is something that we all have to break barriers and for us as women who immigrate from a different country and create a niche for ourselves and a mark for ourselves as women women of color having that supportive ecosystem of bosses mentors our partners family that's very crucial because as a women we go through a lot of challenges be it with profession or childbirth raising well mannered kids a lot of onus is on us to be the best version of a super mom who is like great and absolutely a lot of things and i'm so glad women like you step up uh, you know to break those barriers and continue to break those barriers for the next generation absolutely and i i think it is my responsibility to do that and i wouldn't say that men are uh, men don't do anything they do a lot and they are always silent about it i also feel that we as women we talk a lot about what we have done and rightfully so because in the past they never used to speak so you know when you look into the whole thing it becomes like that did not happen then that's why i will do right now that is also wrong to base something based on the past be in the current moment see how you are being supported i know that uh, a lot of time i uh, i am as like why do you have to have like all these women only parties you know why don't you have uh, parties with men but sometimes you need that kind of a support system and sometimes you need to have all of uh, other kind of support system and that's why i keep saying that men are part of the ecosystem very well i mean if they wouldn't write fine i'm fighting for all the women initiatives but if they do not support i wouldn't be a go forward they we are going forward because they are also listening i know that it has to happen uh, to an extensive level i know that i am very much privileged but i cannot assume that because i am privileged everyone around me are privileged i need to understand that there are lot of people that i would say like at least 70% women in the various part of the world and i cannot also generalize because it is not happening in america it's not happening anywhere else even when i look back in india you know women go through lot of gender discrimination they go through lot of other things not, not only discrimination color discrimination why do we have all these products to make you look fairer you know what does it have to do with your personality that is something it is natural and you do and one thing i also feel that when you are going against your nature you will break things at the end of the day you are not happy and same thing like why stereotype people on color why stereotype people on gender women are the only people who talk about oh she is fat she is slim she is skinny all these definitions are only for women why you know why they are not when you talk about men leaders 
you are talking about oh my god they are so um uh, that their leadership is amazing they their thought process is very amazing they are thought leaders why women are not thought leaders why women are bucketed into things so there is a long way to go but we have come we should not forget that we have come a long way as well so yeah, both ways that's very true and you know how i see men as uh, you know allies in this process drama because they are very crucial to the ecosystem men leaders hold uh, top leadership positions you know and change has to come only when uh, they are willing to listen and i i've had great mentors myself in my professional life who are men who right. believed in me uh, like a common a mutual uh, friend bill edgar who was my former boss and a great colleague of yours as well you know men like that who are so supportive of fellow women and always are willing to push us to get to the next level and believe in our innate talents you know we yeah. need men like these absolutely absolutely sometimes i feel that women um are not that open as men are like my current boss is also like amazing he believes in me he believes in my work and all but sometimes in my past when i had women uh, i faced more of that discrimination or or i wouldn't say discrimination but you know that potential is like okay you are not as like up to the mark or something because they are trying to compare from themselves so every individual is different you cannot compare anybody i cannot compare my own kids amongst the the niche you cannot even compare twins who are born together and like have the same composition probably and right. doesn't happen that way you know so that is one thing i feel and i would not again bucket that because women leaders are bad and this i am hearing oh you should never have a female boss you know female bosses are like terrible and all that and i'm like oh my god it's almost like you are telling me that i'm a bad boss you know so right. i want to know what is that is not working and most of the challenge i have realized is people don't want to communicate they don't want to go and tell what is not working between them and their boss or ask what is something that you are expecting out of me so for me to be a good uh, team player in your team so right. a lot of things can be solved through communications you know as we talk there are a lot of issues at hand uh, that still have to be you know resolved and that happens only when everybody takes a very open stand in terms of listening to each other's uh challenges yeah. but the other part that i want to highlight is it's not about gender it's about the personality traits our perspective yeah. that gets sometimes stereotyped into you know how you perceive a certain gender of bosses yeah. but overall as you mentioned if you have active communication and listening that will be the holy grail solution for a lot of our challenges out there yeah. uh, so thank you for sharing your candid insights you it so very well it is not about gender it is about everyone has a different traits personality is so apt on that i'm glad you summarized it well thank you so we have a quick uh, uh, tidbit from our listeners i just want to show uh, highlight some of our feedback that we're getting from our listeners sure. we have uh, the malliard report uh, jim malliard who's one of our famous talk show hosts uh, he's wishing us a great day thanks jim for joining us and we have another comment from our listener satya who says awesome interview so thank you uh, Thank you. Uh, thank you for that Rama for being a wonderful guest on our show. We do have a fun rapid fire round for you before we wrap up the show. Are you ready for it? Sure. <laughs> so you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following role model Ruth Ginsburg. Uh very true and an admirable leader 
for generations to come. She's on my mind right now because of the because uh, we lost her recently. So she's like absolutely on my mind. Always has been. What is one fun thing about drama that you haven't shared with anyone? I am like an open book. People know everything about me. What would be one fun fun thing that people don't know about me? Um, I'm very fun loving, probably. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel when you have these fun moments in your life? I am always about fun, even at work, even with customers. I'm always joking that my grandfather, grandfather probably instilled in me was like, you know, uh, when when we were very young, and I know it's a rapid fire, but I'm going into a story. <laughs> when we were very young, my father, my grandfather would always ask me a question, and I would, if I'm responding it in a very witty way, he would, and if he likes the answer, then he would laugh. And if I was, if I am not witty, then he would say, "What's wrong with you? Are you not feeling well today?" No, come on, give me a witty answer. So he instilled it so much in me that I cannot, you know, just like. I cannot keep up, uh, hold up my tongue. It's like something happens and I have to crack a joke. So <laughs> I, you know, I love it. I, I love to be a fun-loving person. You know, having that sense of humor is very essential in our lives because we take ourselves too seriously. And sometimes you're like, it's a short life. Why do you have to, you know, think about everything as a big mountain rather I, than small hill? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> what is your native language? And mm -hmm. one word to describe yourself in it. Wow, my native language actually is Telugu, but since, as I said, I grew up in East and uh, Hindi was, and I studied in Hindi medium as well. So Hindi was my more uh, common, I'd say, native language. How I define one word? Um, th this is what my dad says. So I just say that he calls me a, a Sherni. That means a tigress. And uh, so basically, he saw, he sees me that gentle, like in the, you know, how the tiger walks slow and like very gentle and all that, but he sees the fierce force in me. So that's kind of coming to my mind right now. Absolutely. That's such an amazing way to look at yourself, you know, especially as dads have a critical role in terms of boosting our self-confidence as young girls, you know, daughters. And I'm so glad your dad is still today a staunch pillar of support for you in seeing the fierceness, but still the gracious side of you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rama. It was such a pleasure having you on our show, Career Startup Podcast. And we really loved all the free-flowing discussion that we had, right? From, you know, how do we how do we be an active listener to all the way about, you know, the gender biases that we see, uh, the work that you're doing with women, women in tech initiatives to break a lot of barriers. So, you know, you're such a cheerleader for all of us. And I wish you the very best in terms of seeing continued success with all your endeavors. Thank you so much, uh, Priyanka. And uh, thanks so much. Actually, I, I know uh, you mentioned about Bill and Bill was uh, very instrumental in uh, having me introduce you to you. And he said, oh, she's doing an amazing job uh, in the women in technology. You should be talking to her. You should be meeting her. And I'm so glad that we met and we uh, have the common interest to bring the women in technology forward. Awesome. And quick shout out to our to our wonderful colleague and boss and mentor, Bill Edgar. <laughs> I'm going to make sure he listens to the show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, Rama, thanks so much. So to our listeners, uh, Rama Sarupalli, who's an amazing guest on our show, she shared a lot of interesting insights. Let's talk about the three key takeaways. So 
the three key takeaways on our career startup podcast with rama sarapalli today is one how do you build customer trust think of it as a as a musical note you need to understand right everything from the sales model all the way to what the customer really needs to make sure the tune is still intact and you know is wonderful and soothing to hear so think of that music analogy every time uh, to hit the right chord with your customers and two skill sets that you need to be uh, a successful leader is one be an active listener let others speak up two be empathetic really understand what is that the other person wants to achieve and see how you can get the possible outcome and uh, three be open have an open mindset and the other key takeaway that we have is always have fun in your life you know be witty be humorous life is short so try to help each other succeed be it through mentorship just having fun with your own teams as you're handling critical challenges and help other women and men succeed know like the non-profit that rama uh, has for her women in tech initiatives with that being said irrespective of our genders it's how we respond to situations how empathetic that uh, we are towards solving other person's problems is very critical and we as leaders need to have an open mindset irrespective of you know being uh, male or female in terms of helping others succeed and be a cheerleader for generations to come Until another episode with another interesting guest. This is your host Priyanka Komla signing off from Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian leaders, entrepreneurs to inspire and ignite conversations. Again, do subscribe to our YouTube channel for Career Startup Podcast and your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Thank you and have a wonderful rest of the day. Mm-hmm.